another Sunday um, live stream with our church family. And uh, I've enjoyed the last couple of weeks. I hope you have. I appreciate our band and worship team and all they've done. Today we have a very special guest with us. That's right. Uh, with the times that we're in, we were able to ask Ken Baker, who pastors Victory Baptist Church in the Bronx, New York, uh, to preach for us today. This is obviously going to be via video, and it's going to be from New York inside of their building there at Victory. Ten years ago, God called Ken and Denise and their family to move to the Bronx and to plant that church. Um, and it has been absolutely incredible to see what God has done. Uh, God continues to grow their church, uh, discipling people, winning people to Christ, baptizing them, uh, fulfilling the Great Commission in a very difficult environment, a very expensive environment there in the Bronx. Since the first day that we opened as a church, we began supporting their ministry financially uh, to see the gospel furthered there in New York City. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, our men went to the Man Up Conference. I've got the t-shirt on right now um, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Ken was preaching there, and he preached a sermon on prayer. And uh, when he was done, I said, Ken, man, I would love for you to be able to preach that at our church. Well, we didn't know what was going to take place. But I called Ken once we figured out that we were going to be um, live stream only for a little while. And he graciously agreed to preach that sermon for us. So you're going to enjoy it. Get your Bibles ready. Let's hear from our church planting friend, and partner in the Bronx, Pastor Ken Baker. Hey Keystone, this is Ken Baker in the Bronx. I know the circumstances are unique in that we're meeting like this today, but I am thankful for the opportunity that I get to tell you thank you for supporting our ministry, for praying for our ministry, for sacrificing on behalf of our church. And uh, you've been such a blessing to us and uh, your church's history uh, in all that you've done for us financially and praying for us. And God has just multiplied your missions efforts here in the Bronx. And we've seen uh, people saved and, and God is just blessing in a great way. And I know the last few weeks have been very unique for all of us. It's uncharted waters that we're still navigating through, but I'm so thankful for God's grace and that he's led us and that he's guiding us. As a church here in New York, uh, we've, this is the first time we've been through something like this, but we have been through challenges before. As a matter of fact, your pastor uh, was a part of our very first big challenge. In 2012, Josh was preaching our friend day for us. And uh, right after he preached Friend Day on that Sunday in October, uh, Hurricane, Handy, uh, Hurricane Sandy hit that very next day. And uh, it basically destroyed the church building that we were in. And for seven days, we didn't have a church home at all. And uh, yet, uh, God miraculously provided. He led us. He gave us clear direction. He provided for us. And uh, even though it was an obstacle that we would have never chosen for ourselves, uh, God used it and uh, our church grew as a result and God got the glory from it. And so we praise him for that. Uh, in uh, 2015, uh, we were moving again from the, the building that we were in and uh, we needed another miracle and God just miraculously provided and God has been so faithful. 
And uh, it's hard right now, not assembling together uh, on Sundays and and, uh, different times throughout the week with our church family. It's unique uh, for us meeting online, and uh, yet I know that uh, God is sovereign and God's in control, and I'm thankful for these opportunities and and memories that God is using to uh, strengthen us, to increase our faith, and to lead us and to show us what he's trying to teach us. And I'm so thankful for your church. I love your pastor. Uh, I, I'm thankful that I've met several of you uh, in your church, whether at a, at a men's conference or on social media. I do want to say thank you. I know many of you reached out when I was running the New York City Marathon uh, last November, and uh, that was a blessing, and thank you for your encouragement. And I was planning to run the Boston Marathon. It got postponed till the fall, uh, but I'm still training, still excited about it, and it's a passion of mine, and, and I look forward to getting out and, uh, and, and going for another long run soon. Uh, but I want to take a few minutes today and uh, just share uh, a few things uh, with you from the Word of God. I'm going to be reading from the book of Colossians, chapter number one. And God has uh, allowed me uh, in these last nine years of our church's history to uh, go on a number of different journeys as he's uh, led us and guided us. And and uh, he's been very, very patient with me and so many things that uh, God has needed to teach me and One of those things that God has needed to teach me uh, so many times is this subject of prayer and this matter of prayer and so crucial, so, so necessary. And that's what this passage is that we're going to look at in, uh, in Colossians chapter one. And I, I feel like it's so appropriate because uh, I do like to plan. I'm, I'm not organized or gifted administratively like uh, Josh is, uh, but I still like to plan ahead. And uh, yet right now it feels like we have to live day to day. And uh, we don't know what we're going to be doing three weeks from now, but we, we also don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And uh, here in New York, it seems like the news is just constantly changing. And, and uh, uh, there are so many uncertainties, but one thing we can do is we can pray. Uh, there's uh, no control I have over so many things, and yet God's in complete control. And uh, Paul is uh, showing uh, the church at Colossae uh, a lot about prayer and showing them how he's praying for them. Let's go ahead and read the passage. Uh, I'm going to read and uh, begin in verse number nine in Colossians chapter one. The Bible says, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear Son, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, although the circumstances are are unique, uh, even though we're meeting in a unique online setting, we thank you, Lord, that you're still in our presence. 
And uh, Lord, I pray that you would use your word, uh, Lord, to speak to our hearts at this time. Lord, thank you that we can trust you. Father, I pray that you'd bless your word as it's spoken. I pray that you'd be with each person and each member uh, of Keystone. Lord, we thank you for this great church. Thank you for how we've seen you work. Thank you, Lord, for your uh, miraculous leading and guidance in this church. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to lead. Lord, I pray that you'd just bless this church family. Thank you, Lord, that we can trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Paul didn't know the uh, Christians at Colossae. And Paul started a number of churches that we read about in the New Testament, um, but this is not one of the churches that he started. And as a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul has never even been uh, to the church at Colossae. He never visited this church. And uh, we know that Paul uh, was a part of starting the church at Philippi and uh, many other places and uh, uh, many other Christians in, in other places, other towns, other churches knew Paul. But Paul knew very little about Colossae. He knew very little about this church. As a matter of fact, in chapter 2 and verse 1, the Bible says, For I would that you uh, knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Paul said, I never met you. You've never seen my face. But look back in chapter 1 and verse 3. He says, we give thanks to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you. He said, praying always. And by the way, Colossae was, was more of a no-name type of a town. There was nothing special about Colossae. It wasn't known for anything. It, it, it didn't have any notoriety or, or popularity, but instead of the Apostle Paul forming an opinion of them, or judging, or stereotyping, uh, uh, Paul said, I'm praying for you. Notice he said that in verse 3, but then he also says that again in verse number 9. Colossians 1.9, For this cause we also, since the day that we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and to desire that ye might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And it's very clear as we read this that Paul doesn't just casually pray for these Christians one time. But rather, Paul has given himself to prayer for these people. Uh, but notice uh, about the Apostle Paul's prayer that his prayer looks different than uh, a lot of my prayers. And uh, as we look at this prayer, the, this will help us not just pray for our family, but also pray for our church family. And uh, uh, understand that this will help us have the right spirit, the right attitude of prayer. Because frankly, sometimes it's good that I pray, but I'm not praying biblically. And uh, again, verse 3, verse 9, Paul saying, I'm praying, I'm praying always for you. And it's clear that Paul didn't just pray one time for this church but he had given himself to praying for these Christians. And understand that we would all love control over so many situations, uh, but the reality is, is in, in a time of uncertainty, we may not have all the answers 
for the next step of a church gathering. We may not have all the answers uh, for how we're going to uh, solve a financial crisis that we all may be going through. But one thing we can all do is pray. And, and it's so important, it's so crucial that, that, that as we pray for our church family, as we pray for our leadership, as we pray for our pastor, as we, we pray for those people that God places in our lives, it's important that we understand that prayer, it changes us. And uh, I realize that what an honor it is that we get to serve the Lord. And I, I know the, the reputation of your church, that once uh, you're able to gather again, that, that uh, so many people serve and so many people participate in so many ways. And what a, what a privilege it is to serve the Lord. What a privilege it is to, to teach the Bible, to lead in worship, to prep a building, to greet guests, to, to, to work with children, to uh, serve in so many different uh, capacities. But unfortunately, what happens is many Christians can be guilty of serving a God that they're not spending time with. And as we pray, and as we pray for our church family, and as we pray for one another, it's important that we understand that we pray biblically and we pray the right way. No doubt many of us are going to face financial challenges, uh, uh, hardships over the coming weeks and months as, as things are just going to be different uh, uh, here in America. But understand that, that uh, as financial challenges come, I, 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 it, the, the, it's important that, that we understand that we don't stress about the wrong things. For example, in my home, uh, if my wife and I were to have an argument or a disagreement about finances, the simple solution is to pray for more finances. Because uh, if... Uh, if we have more money, we know that that fixes all the problems in the world, right? Uh, I, I, but if I'm not careful, I'm, I'm praying the, the wrong way. Uh, and, and there's lessons that God often wants to teach us uh, when uh, times are lean. There's lessons that God wants to teach us when our health is poor. There's lessons that God wants to teach us when our relationships are, are not what we want them to be. And oftentimes we pray for a solution uh, to a relationship. We pray for for uh, help or assistance in a in a financial crisis, or 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 we we pray for healing in a in a physical situation instead of and, and let's get into our outline for just a minute. Uh, uh, notice this first of all: prayer is finding. Prayer is finding. You say finding what? Finding the will of God. In verse nine, the Bible says, "For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you." and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. And how many times when we pray, if I'm not careful, do my prayers dictate to God the outcome of a situation instead of praying, God, show me your will? I'll, I'll look at my situation. I'll be in a in a financial uh, bind, or I'll I'll be dealing with another situation, and I I will tell God what I need Him to do, instead of praying, God, show me Your will in this situation, because my uh, hardship never snuck up on God. It might have taken me by surprise, but it didn't take God by surprise. 
When, when uh, somebody loses a job, uh, it's a big deal, but, and that, that hurts, but that doesn't take God by surprise. Uh, when somebody is hurting, God knows about that in his sovereignty. And, and it's important that we understand that we pray, God, help me to see you. God, guide me. God, show me. The Bible says in Psalm 24, show me thy ways, O Lord. Teach me thy paths. And uh, uh, we need to realize and understand that God is trying to show us and teach us things while uh, we are going through difficult times in our life. And that's why we must be praying, God, show me your will. We must finding the will of God. Paul never met this church, but his prayer was, God, help them to find your perfect will. And I love it how he shows us and teaches us how to pray. So often my prayer requests are bent around my kingdom, about making everything better in my life making my health better and making my finances better and making everybody like me and, and making me more popular. And, 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 and essentially what I'm trying to do in my prayers, if I'm not careful, is uh, ask God to just build my kingdom. But Paul is teaching these Christians at Colossae as well as praying for them that they might be filled with the knowledge of his will. Uh, it's important that we must be, uh, be still and know that he is God and be listening to that voice. Hebrews chapter 5, the Bible says, Of whom we have many things to say and hard to be uttered, seeing ye are dull of hearing. And so many times we miss uh, uh, God's will simply because we're not listening to his voice. We're not praying. We're not spending that time with him. We're, we're, we're not listening to him speak. And so, yes, we, we, we need to be uh, praying and asking God to show us his will as we pray for one another. But also, number two, we need to be praying that the second word I see in this text is pleasing. Pleasing. Look at verse 10 of Colossians 1. The Bible says that ye might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Walking with God and pleasing with God. These Christians are people that Paul has never met. And look how he prayed for them. He said, God, help them to please you. And, and realize, we may not agree with everybody in our church. We may not agree with everybody in our own families, in our own homes, uh, but understand that, that we're all different. We, 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 we maybe we're culturally different or politically different or ethnically different, or maybe we have financial differences. But regardless of what our differences is, maybe some have been saved for a long time. Some have been saved for a short time. Some uh, uh, may be faithful to church. Maybe somebody occasionally attends a church. But instead of stereotyping and judging and forming opinions of others and judging others, Paul is teaching us to pray, and as we pray for one another, God, help them to please you. And this is a great way for me to pray for my kids, because I'm not careful. My, my goals for my kids are for them to get good grades and, and to, to, to eventually get good jobs one day and to, and, and to grow up the way that I would want them to grow up, and, and that's good to have those goals but Paul is teaching us more important than grades and more important than careers. 
It's important that we please the Lord. And as we pray for one another, may our prayer be, God, help us to please you. Help them to please you. Help brother so-and-so. Help sister so-and-so. Help my wife, my husband, my children. Help this person that I don't even know their name. God, help them to please you with their life. Look at the next word in our text. It said pleasing and now working. Again, back in verse number 10, the Bible says that you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work. Fruitful in God's work. And that's God working in us. We spend a lot of time praying things like, God, take away this person's cancer. God, heal this person's body. God, help this person to find a job. Uh, we, we pray a, a lot of times uh, uh, for outcomes to certain situations, but Paul is showing us here that we can pray, God, while this person is going through a trial, help them to be fruitful while they're in that trial. Because we're all going to go through trials. The Bible says, yea, all that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution and hardships and trials and burdens. It's part of the Christian life. And so as we pray for one another, instead of just praying, God, help this person to come through the trial, let's pray, God, help them to be fruitful in that trial. Help use them, anoint them, bless them, and help them to bring glory to your name while they're struggling, while they're hurting, while they're going through a difficult situation. I love what Paul does as he's teaching us in this passage how to pray. I'm so convicted. Just like Jesus when he taught his disciples to pray, if I'm not careful, my prayers don't look like the way Jesus taught us to pray. If I'm careful, my prayers don't look the way that Paul is praying for this church through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Uh, Job's friends, they tried to diagnose Job. Uh, they tried to, to accuse Job. They, they tried to solve a mystery of why Job was dealing with so many things in his life instead of uh, 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 realizing that God in his sovereign control of Job allowed Job to lose his businesses, allowed Job to lose his children, allowed Job to, to have the, the health problems that he went through. And the Bible says, in all this, Job sinned not, nor charged God foolishly. Job's friends charged Job the wrong way, but Job said, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. He said, I know that my Redeemer lives. It's so important that we understand that even though Job was struggling, even though Job was hurting, God was working. And as we pray for one another, it hurts to see a brother or sister in Christ go through something difficult. And I'm thankful that we get to bear one another's burdens. I can tell you this, as a church, Keystone has helped bear the financial burden of Victory Baptist Church here in the Bronx, and I'm so grateful for that. 
And as we bear burdens, whether somebody's hurting or struggling or, or, or going through a difficult situation, may our prayer for one another be, God, accomplish your perfect will. God, help this person to be fruitful in their trial. Help them to be fruitful in this difficult time. Help them to be fruitful while they're looking for a job. Help them to lift you up while they're struggling. Let's look at the fourth word that I see in this text. And we said pleasing, working. And the fourth word is knowing. Again, in verse number 10, in the end of the verse, the Bible says, and increasing in the knowledge of God. Increasing in the knowledge of God. Uh, simply, this cannot happen without the word of God. The Bible says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And uh, I know that we're to pray without ceasing. That's what the Bible says, 1 Thessalonians 5 in verse 17. And, and uh, we need to always be in the attitude, that spirit of prayer. But if we're not careful, my, my prayers just center around me instead of centering around God. And, and uh, again, I don't want to just pray, God help me, God bless me, God give me, because God doesn't owe me anything. And God's mercy is so great. And God's grace is just so amazing. We see that Paul is, is showing us here that these prayer requests are heavenly. They're spiritual. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 10, the Bible says that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. And that ought to be our desire to know God, even when we're suffering even when we're struggling. It, that's why our great desire needs to be this pursuit of God, knowing God. And do we want to know God? The way to know God is to know his word. In the beginning, John 1.1, 1, 1, and the word was with, in, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And that's why when I uh, uh, assemble, when our church gathers together, our church doesn't need to hear my view or my opinion of anything. And if they do, we are not a church and I'm not a preacher. But what our church needs to hear is the very word of Almighty God. And, and, and because it's the word of God that changes us. I can yell at somebody, but all that does is intimidate. All, I, can, I can berate somebody. But all that does is create a wall between us. But understand when it's the word of God that is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, it's, it's God's word that changes us. It's God's word that molds us. It's God's word that makes us what we need to be. And the Bible says, now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. And I'm thankful in my life I'm thankful in your life that God changes us, but he does so through his word. And praise the Lord for that. We're almost done. Look at the next word we see in our passage. The next word I see is strengthening. Strengthening. In verse number 11, the Bible says, and strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, according uh, unto all patience and longsuffering, with joyfulness and realize that we need God's strength. 
Uh, I need God's strength when I preach, but I need God's strength in everyday life. Uh, yes, Pastor Josh needs God's strength as, as he uh, leads your church, but we all need God's strength as we follow God. We, we, uh, I know many are, are, are not working right now, and many are working from home right now, and things are different, but when we return back to our places of employment, when children return back to schools, when life eventually gets normal again, we need the power of God as we return to those places of normalcy. But also, while many of us confined to our homes uh, uh, and life is shaken up right now, we need God's power in a great way now. Uh, 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 we need God's power in church. We need God's power on the job. We need God's power in our schools. We, we need God's power in every single aspect of our lives. And, and, and that's why we must live in his strength. If we're not careful, we find ourselves burning out and we find ourselves struggling and wearing down. But when we live life in his strength, when we uh, uh, casting all our care upon him because he cares for us, when we, Galatians 2.20, when we die to ourselves, when we realize that the life that we live is his life, that Christ living through us, life has more meaning. And, and we're not living in our strength. And, and it's important that we see and understand that all of us are spiritually weaker than we think we are. All of us need the supernatural power of Almighty God. It doesn't matter how much knowledge I have. It doesn't matter how smart I am. And it doesn't matter how gifted I am. What I need is God's power or I am nothing. Jesus said it best, without me, ye can do nothing. We see strengthening and then notice thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, verse number 12 giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light. It's important that we understand that we as Christians need to be thankful. We need to be thankful. Boy, there's so many things to complain about. It'd be easy to complain uh, about uh, a current situation. It'd be so easy to complain or to blame or, 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 or to be frustrated about so many things. But God is good and God is working and God is in control. And as Paul is praying for this church, he says, giving thanks unto the Father. It's important we understand that Paul had never met them, and yet he was telling them how thankful he was for them. And... and we as Christians need to realize that God is working and we must be thankful for all he is doing. We must be thankful. If we're not careful, the thing that we see the most is, is the frustration of somebody else's life. And somebody can annoy us or get in our nerves and, or, or, or life itself can just, just really uh, uh, frustrate us. And, and yet instead of uh, spending so much of our time complaining about things that we can't control, would to God that we would say thank you. Thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for your grace. I know that these times, these days have been an opportunity for me to sit back and just see how thankful I am for our church family. 
Seems like we're, we're, we're just getting into this whole coronavirus situation. And yet I, I feel the, the, the distance, the separation from our church family. And, and I miss our church so much. Uh, I miss the times of assembly. I, I miss the times of, of greeting, the times of fellowship, the, 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 the uh, personal jokes, the, the, the shaking hands, the hugging, the, the loving on each other. The, and God is using this as an opportunity to remind me that I need to be so thankful, so thankful for my church family. As I've spent more time at home recently, uh, simply because there's nowhere to go and, and uh, kids are doing school from home and, and doing most of my work from home. I'm so thankful for my family. Paul is praying. He's not only saying to this church that he's thankful for them, but he's teaching them to be thankful in all things. As he winds the passage up, look at verse 12. The Bible says, giving thanks unto the Father, which hath made us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in light, who hath delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. And that's the gospel right there. That church was there because of the gospel. Churches were started in different places as uh, Paul planted or a church planter went here and established a local church. But, but understand that when we uh, trace back the roots of the church, it's, it, it goes far beyond a messenger like myself or even your pastor. Uh, but it traces back to the cross where Jesus died on the cross and and was placed in that borrowed tomb and rose again the third day. And it's all because of the gospel. We can assemble like this today because of the gospel. Keystone is a church because of the gospel. If you are saved today, it's because of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And if you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, thank God for the gospel. There is hope. There is a way, uh, that there is a, 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 a solution, that Jesus came to rescue us from our sins, and praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord that he loves us so much. Praise the Lord that God did not leave it to us to try to get to heaven on our own, because we know the Bible teaches us all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. There's none righteous. None of us are able to get to heaven on our own. We're not good enough. All our righteousness is as filthy rags. And yet Jesus loves us. Jesus died for us. Jesus rose again so that you and I could have eternal life. If you've never put your faith and trust in Jesus, let me encourage you to call upon the Lord. Receive that free gift of eternal life. If you are saved today, praise the Lord for the power of the gospel that saved you. Praise the Lord for God's grace that is changing us to make us what he wants us to be. The, and praise the Lord that as we get saved, that we don't just have to hold on and wait till heaven, but we can live in victory now. The Bible says, looking into Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and Jesus is guiding us, protecting us, watching over us, and praise the Lord, we, we can't do life on our own. Paul here is, is helping us pray for one another and 
teaching us how to pray. In all of this, here's what he's saying in verse 17. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And the message is this, we need God. And when we have him, we have all we need. And every single component of this prayer that we just read through was just helping us see our desperate need for Almighty God in our lives. That's how I want you to pray for me. That's how we need to pray for each other. And praise the Lord that God is at work. God is sovereign and God is in control. Thanks for listening today. If you're listening for the first time, we would love to hear from you. Maybe you have a question about the gospel of Jesus. If so, we'd like you to send us an email at hello at keystonerdu.church. If you're a regular listener to our podcast and you would like to donate to the media ministry and outreach ministry of Keystone, your gift would allow us to do more in an effective way to get the gospel out. Thank you for partnering with us in ministry in Durham and all around the world. Visit keystonerdu.church to get involved.